Hello, I'm John J. Thompson, and it seems you have fallen way down the True Tunes rabbit hole. Maybe you've come to the podcast recently and are just working your way back to our first few shows, or who knows, maybe someone sent you a direct link to one of these early outings. All I can say is welcome, thanks for stopping by, Bruce and I are glad you're here, but have some mercy on us please. I'll be honest, when Bruce and I went back and listened to these early episodes, well, let's just say it clearly took us a handful of shows for us to get our feet under us. We knew what we wanted to do, but the way to get there took some tweaking. But the interviews are still valuable, and it's probably worthwhile to have these available as documents of our evolution, so we've trimmed them up a bit, tried to keep them timely, and inserted these little disclaimer introductions to each one. You might still hear a few dated references, some wonky edits, and some rough fades, so have some mercy on us as you dig these earliest episodes out of cold storage and enjoy. Thanks for listening. Oh, and if somehow this is your first exposure to our show, please check out any of our more recent episodes for a more accurate representation. Okay, Bruce, roll it. Mahatma Gandhi once said, let our first act every morning be to make the following resolve for the day. I shall not fear anyone on earth. I shall fear only God. I shall not bear ill will toward anyone. I shall not submit to injustice from anyone. Let this then be the theme of this record. Hello, this is John J. Thompson, and welcome to the hidden episode of the True Tunes podcast. That's right, you are clearly a bear of above average intelligence because you found this, which is, in fact, some more of my conversation with Mark Bird. Actually, like I mentioned in the most recent episode, there was much more to our chat. And this is some of it. We talk about theology and whether or not Hammock might ever play live again. It's some good stuff gathered here in this special hidden episode. Okay, so back to the conversation with Mark. I think the fear makes us all want to be in a rock. <laughs> really? Do you feel like, do you think you might do a common children thing again someday? I don't know, man. You know, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm occasionally in, in conversation with Drew, but I don't, I don't know. You know, I've, I've wanted to, not a full album, but something, you know, I've, I've wanted to because I, I just kind of sometimes just, you know, want to get that part of me out as well. You know, just want to, release and it's such a release to be able to do that you know so and, and um why is hammock so not a live thing it feels like it would i've seen you do one thing in yeah. all the years yeah. and it was here at, a, at the family washing yeah, yeah. <laughs> have you thought yeah. about trying to ramp yeah. up once yeah. we can do stuff in person yeah we have we have we we're you know, the problem is our, is our, our catalog is like, it can get really ambient, it can get very orchestrated, it can get guitars, post-rocky. And so to pull all of that off is probably a little too overwhelming. So we're trying to make just this album a little more like if we had to pull it off live, we could. It's not always an easy thing to pull off live because it, it requires a few players and, um, and, it, and that can get expensive. But now that we are where we are and there's kind of a demand for it, Right. It's a lot different. When we first started, it was like, we're only going to do shows that make sense. So the Sigur Rós thing made sense. The Stars of Lid thing made sense. The Echoes podcast made sense. The Gatherings in Philadelphia made sense. And then Family Wash was just for Thomas. It was like a favor to Thomas. Okay. Um, 
but uh, but we just wanted the live thing to make sense. And when we first started exploring, wanting to go out to play live, it just financially didn't make it didn't make enough sense. Now it probably would, because now we get contacted by booking agents as opposed to us contacting them. You know, right. so right. it's a little different. So yes, honestly. I crave that. I told this. I told this to Christy and my manager. I said, "You know, man, when I'm on my deathbed, I'm probably going to wish that I played more live shows. <laughs> you know, it's probably something that I'm going to wish that I had done. So, um, I'm not sure. I just want to be like, oh yeah, I'm done with that part of my life because there's a part of me that craves that connection. You know, I really want to create a space where when people come in, they'll remember it because it elevated them. You know, right. So we'll see." Jordan, my son, said uh, he wants to know what it would take to get you guys to play at his wedding. Really? <laughs> he doesn't have a date. He's not He's not engaged yet, but <laughs> yeah, he, I think that if you guys were to get a date, then he would, he would get engaged to work around your schedule. That's probably what would happen. That's how big a fan is. And, and, you know, we're hoping with this relaunch of True Tunes that uh, we can amass enough of an audience. Um, we would love to be doing a, a physical gathering that would be some kind of a cornerstone-like reunion, but with all new people as well. And hammock's the exact kind of thing we would want. You know, it's we're not we're not doing down the middle Christian music kind of stuff. It's it's you know, and so yeah, it'd be fun. And even if it's just you two playing for you know doing whatever you can do that's the thing you got such a breadth of catalog yeah. now nobody would care it's just to do do whatever yeah. you want and the videos oh my gosh yeah i forgot the videos that you guys have done are so gorgeous and just picturing like those things projected up really big and, oh my gosh they're just I amazing i know it's 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 definitely there it's ready to be done because you know what we've realized is that we could pull this off. I mean, for, for the longest time, it was just me and Andrew and Matt Slocum. And we loved doing that. We loved it. Um, but, uh, but man, it is, it's intense rehearsing, which I'm not afraid of the work. It just is really, you know, to pull it off. I'm, I'm both Andrew and I, and thank God we're both just like, we want to make it really good. And so that takes a lot of work. And, and, um, and honestly, we just would love to play, old European churches. You know what I mean? Like like just the natural reverb of the room. Because we did that in Philly at the church that's there on the campus for the gatherings for this Echoes radio show. And 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 it was amazing having projections in this old church and the sound kind of just this natural cathedral kind of it it was beautiful. Um and so I got a taste for that. I would love it if Man. We could do like old churches in Europe. Prague, you got to go do a Prague. Yeah. And I've got I got some friends in Prague, so if you, you get ready, let me know. I can connect you with some people there. So all right, and I might go. <laughs> <laughs> Just let me save up for a while. Before. Don't go away. The True Tunes podcast will be back shortly. We're back with the True Tunes podcast. I grew up in the Episcopal Church, and my grandparents, and my mom, and my dad, who, my dad ad adopted me when I was a teenager. He married my mom when I was 13. So the Curcio thing was big in our, I mean, there's, I still have a rooster upstairs from my, <laughs> my grandma's collection, but it didn't cause a split in our home. It was just basically Anglicans who understood something about the Holy Spirit. 
Like, so it was, it had that blend of being anchored by liturgy and history and that, but also the vibrancy of the Holy Spirit. So I, I grew up with, with youth pastors and confirmation sponsors and this kind of blend of, of that, which I wasn't taught rock and roll was of the devil or you got to listen to all Christian anything. I was taught to find God in everything. And I kind of thought that every serious Christian had that experience. And then I got, <laughs> I started, I started True Tunes because that was how I was wired. And then it was only well into that journey that I started to get boycotted and protested by the people who were like, you can't, you sell you too. And Bono said the F word and you, you like, because we were so far outside of the bounds of Christian music. And um, now I realize my friends who grew up in that real strict Christian fundamentalist world, their pendulum got so pinned into that, that when it broke loose, it just, it swings so far to the other side. Yeah. And I just determined with my kids to, to not do that. Like there's times where I, I'm trying to teach them discernment says we, you don't need to fill your head with this kind of, junk like let's let's you know so sometimes they might think oh it's because we're christians we don't watch this kind of movie or something yeah that's right we don't have pornography on in the house you know <laughs> because that's, <laughs> because that's dehumanizing people and it's yeah. taking something holy and making it profane and i'm going to tell you why we don't and, and yes that is because we're created in the image of god and we're going to have a conversation around that and you're right we're christians and because of that there's you know we're not going to have movies on that dehumanize people whether that's sexually or with violence or whatever else that you know but it's not that the answer isn't let's watch really Christian movies. You know? <laughs> it's like, that's, not, that's not the answer. And so if one of those comes on Netflix, I'm like, no, like, turn this off too. Please turn this off too. <laughs> you know? And so that way the pendulum, when it's, when it swings, it only swings to here, yeah. you know, yeah. it's like, and then hopefully it lands. So in the rest of your life, you're just kind of doing this. You're okay. Yeah. You're okay. Yeah. You're not going, wow, you know, yeah. and yeah. and yeah. our world is just so full of, of people. I just, I'm so grateful that that's the experience I had, but I realize that's not the experience that so many other people have. And so part of the thing for us, I think, and I, I, I feel like what I know about my experience in recovery, um, I haven't gone through all of the same exact type of stuff. I've never had a substance abuse thing, but I've gone through from like emotional perspectives and things like that is that as we find freedom and healing in areas, we then turn around and help other people, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that gives meaning to our pain, you know, it's, so, re it's redemptive in the real, in the redemptive. truest sense of the word. Yeah. 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 And, and when we can find meaning in our suffering and meaning in our mm -hmm. pain, it actually gives new, gives us new tools when those triggers start to come up and we start to recognize, oh, I'm feeling the need to medicate that pain. I'm feeling that I'm, instead of responding in those ways, we can now go, oh, this is that feeling that caused me to do this, but instead I can help people. I can talk about this yeah. and by sharing my pain and by go, I'm actually helping advance the light as opposed yeah. to promoting yeah. the darkness. Yeah. And that reminds me of John 1 1 and it reminds me of pick up your cross and follow me it's not pick up your cross and follow me for a few minutes till you get to the altar and you say a prayer and now you're done it's just the rest of your life you're going to be carrying that cross but the oh, man. Is, you know the cross isn't the end you know it's yeah, just the St journey. Stanley Harawas says that you know and, and this may be a, a quote that he used but like um the people who know that the grain of the universe is filled with crosses 
that it, that that that's how it is to me the cross uh the suffering god the not so much like am i being reconciled to god you know or or is or is god it's kind of like like the prodigal son story going the, the the father didn't go out and go first before i go running towards you i need to take my other son out back and beat the shit out of him so that I can stand to see you. You know what I mean? Right. Like, like that, that hardcore, like, you know, right, like, right, right. like, Substitutionary like, atonement. yeah, like I need, I need, I need to reconcile myself with you. Right. Rather than the world right. reconciling himself to God. It, it, it's that, that's, that's the whole weird thing of like this legalistic kind of, and it truly legalistic court, courtroom. Literally. Yeah. yeah literally. Yeah. Um, that to me to understand that i have my own garden of gethsemane i have my own pascal shape to follow into i have my cross that i need to allow myself to take up and and carry puts me right in the middle of being in solidarity with the suffering of the world and And who do we find there that's right. And who do we find there? I told a guy the other day, and it was one of the one of the younger guys who's like struggling with his faith and all that. I said, look, man, I got a statue of Buddha right there. I also have a statue of the uh, Rebelieve Trinity icon because I don't see the tension. But what I'll tell you is, if you tell me, do I need to choose between the grin on Buddha's face and the half-closed eyes or the anguish on Christ's face when he's on the cross screaming my god my god why have you forsaken me i'm going with that guy because that that kind of humanity i relate with that kind of understanding of where are you in the midst of this right because that's when you realize god did not give you a theodicy that -hmm. gives you all the answers for why it's happening he gave you himself so the god's will for me is always himself that's it it's more him. It's himself. And and to understand that I I want to understand why suffering happens might be outside the boundaries I'm supposed to step out that I'm supposed to step out of. Instead I realize God's in the middle of it. I don't know why, but there's something about knowing that at the center of this is a presence that is love that sustains me even as it protects me not from a lot of the shit that happens to me right when i am connected to that i can meet my hurting places with love and the and i can meet the other hurting places with love because i'm connected not just to the source of love but to your suffering because i'm connected to my suffering that's the only way i think for me at least i'll choose that version of suffering over the buddhist path not that i think i have to but I'll choose that over it because I don't think the root cause of my suffering is just because I'm overly attached to pleasant emotions or outcomes. I think the root of my suffering is that there's real fucking suffering. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's right. And I think I think you need to start writing worship songs again. <laughs> I think you got a whole new uh, whole new quiver here. I, I I know, man. But how do you express this? You know, I mean, that's that's the yeah, that's the hard thing. Well, just because it's hard doesn't mean we don't do it. I know, I know. It's just, it's just, man, it's tricky, you know. Yeah. Nobody. Hey, what do you do, Mark? What do you write about? The suffering of humanity. What? Now, I'm not singing about that on Sunday morning. You know what I mean? It's like our church will. You send it to- <laughs>
we'll have, we'll have six people out on the patio singing. <laughs> That'll do it for now. And by the way, thank you so much for the feedback we have already gotten on this episode with Mark. He reached out to me already, and I know that your response means a lot to him as well. You folks are the best. Oh, and do sign up for the email list at our website, please. That helps us keep you informed as well. This whole thing is about community and conversations and music and how by learning to listen better, we can become better people, more in line with the beauty created within us and the reason we are here in the first place. We are a tribe formed around music played under the open sky and tattered tents. We reach across generations and genres in search of a common ground on which we can celebrate diversity, taste eternity, and sing a new song as we wait for the old to pass away. We kick at the darkness and we blow our trumpets and we laugh and weep together. But I cannot do this alone. Not the website, the podcast, or the future in-person gatherings we hope and pray to will into existence. I have seeded the garden, but I need help. If it wasn't for my friend Bruce over there, the podcast would still just be an idea. But now we have proven the concept, I think. We have shown at least some solid examples of what we are capable of. But seriously, we are just getting started. You ain't seen nothing yet. I eagerly hope to regather as many of the old True Tunes and Cornerstone Tribe from our heyday decades ago as I can, while we passionately welcome an entirely new generation into the mix as well. All of this takes time, energy, and funds though, all of which are thin right now, so I'm looking to this community to help share that load. Revenue raised through this campaign will help me invest time into creating the content for True Tunes. It will help me invest in the necessary marketing needed to reach the people that we feel called to reach. And when the time comes, it will help us gather together to do something fun in person. So yes, I will continue to do as much as I can through True Tunes with or without financial support. However, if everyone listening to the show or reading the articles was to kick in a few bucks per month, it would put some real wind in our sails. We could really move the needle. Those handful of individuals with the means to do more can make an enormous difference through efforts such as these. My goal is to gather the attention of tens of thousands of people, not gonna lie, I dare say 100,000 people who are interested in art that resonates on the deepest spiritual levels and yet remains accessible to anyone who wanders under this tent. A tribe that big would change everything for the artists struggling to make ends meet out here in the fields. A tribe that big would create opportunities for younger artists to incubate effectively. We did it 30 years ago when it was much more difficult and much more expensive. There's no reason we can't do it now. The music and these conversations can change hearts and changed hearts can change the world. There is no longer a need to limit our expectations with labels and genres and ghettos. Let's blow the doors off this thing. All are welcome. We have nothing to sell and no codes to protect. What we do have is a mandate to love with everything we have. And this little corner of the world happens to be full of some amazing music. So let's love with that. Join us if you can. Oh, rich young ruler came one day to 